This is a very special episode because there's no guest, it's just me, and I'm going to tell you about my life and how it has come to change over the last decade. Now, this is a very important episode because the New Year's is right around the corner. January 2019 is less than three or four days away. So, as most of you are doing and as I have done in the past, you set New Year's resolution and for the most part, they don't really last. So, I want to talk about how I have managed to change my life on a constant basis for the long term, not just setting an intention and trying to achieve it for a couple of months and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm going to talk about real life change. Now, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people do. If you don't know it, you're going to find out. Me personally, I've lost about 70 pounds and it's been a eight or nine year journey for me. Now, losing weight is an easy thing once you know the process. You know, it's very simple. Eat less, exercise more. Sounds really easy, not that easy to apply. The biggest thing about losing weight and keeping weight off is consistency. Because I personally know many, many people throughout the years who have achieved massive weight loss, but I I run into them a few years later and they're back to where they started. Sometimes they're even heavier than when they started. So I came to realize that, you know, you can't just uh, set up an intention and go on a diet and try to change your life by, you know, thinking that you can lose weight uh, from changing your diet. No, it's an actual lifestyle change. And, and that's what New Year's resolutions are as well. They're, they're mental lifestyle changes. They're not mental diets. A lot of people will say that in the New Year, I would like to be Um, more healthy. I'd like to be more fit. I'd like to be a better husband, a better father. I'd like to be better in my career choices, my social choices. I'd love to be more social. Um, These are great desires and wants, but the thing that stops people from achieving these things is like, how are you going to actually achieve these New Year's resolutions, these changes that you want to implement in your life? What are the steps that you have to take to become a better father, to become a better social engager, to become a better human being? It's not good enough to just say, hey, I want to lose weight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat better. No, you have to realize how you're going to exercise. You've got to define what you're going to eat that's going to be better. You have to define what social groups you're going to hang out with that are going to make you a better socializer. You see, too often do we come up with a bandage solution to all of our problems. We say that I want to be a better father. Well, how are you going to do that if you're not defining it? For me personally, I have a new child on the way and uh, that's pretty exciting pretty exciting. So that's actually caused me to reevaluate my life in many, many different um, different areas. And I want to start off by the very beginning of when my transitional changes began. And it was, uh, I don't exactly remember the year, but but I was around 18 or 19 years old. I was one of the greatest T-Mobile cell phone salesmen in the United States. I was number two in the Western United States, number 28 in the entire United States for cell phone sales. I was a, I was a shark. You would walk into uh, the store and I would not let you leave without a phone. And more often than not, I wouldn't let you leave without two phones because if you want a phone, chances are you know somebody that also needs one. And I got you on the hook and you did not leave my presence without being sold. So I was so good at selling other people, but I sucked at selling my own self 
on things that needed to change in my life. So I was a very young kid. I was, you know, 223 pounds, about 60, 70 pounds overweight. And I was making a lot of money doing sales. My true passion and dream was filmmaking. And that was something that I was still dabbling in on the side, but my main time was spent on selling phones and making money. And a lot of the money that I made, I was putting aside to buy cameras or film gear or just investing in, in short films. So uh, even though I wasn't spending a lot of my time on filmmaking, I was, uh, every minute of my life was towards becoming a filmmaker. But little did I know that, you know, just wanting to become a filmmaker was not enough. You have to define how you're going to become a filmmaker. You have to set up a plan, a routine, something tangible that you can see that you can achieve every single day. And, you know, just... Uh, uh, going to work every day to sell phones, to sell things, to make money, to become a filmmaker was not good enough. You know, that was just a diet. So I was never going to achieve my goal of becoming a filmmaker by um, not putting myself full time in the mental space of a filmmaker. I was uh, full time in the mental space of a salesman. And you know what's funny about my sales careers? After I started, uh, after I stopped selling phones, I went to work at Sears in their fitness department. Now I was still grossly overweight, um, on an obese level, probably dangerously overweight. And um, remarkably, I was selling fitness equipment to people who somewhat looked like me or, or maybe were in a little bit better shape than me, but I was the number one salesman of treadmills. And I looked like a person who had never stepped on a treadmill. Now, I was so invested in the company that I worked with that I wanted to become a manager. I wanted to run this T-Mobile store. And I really wanted to do it with all my heart because Always since childhood, I knew that I was a leader. I knew I had leadership skills. I knew that I wanted to spread my vision to the world. I wanted to help people um, achieve things that I myself wanted to achieve. And I knew that I could do that by communicating with people. But um, there came this time when I was actually up for becoming the store manager, which to me was a significant thing. You know, for me to become a store manager at T-Mobile was like becoming a director on a on a multi-million dollar film. It was that big for me back then. Um, one thing led to another and I was, you know, quote unquote, overlooked for the management position. It went to somebody else who was perhaps a little bit more qualified or in my opinion was less qualified, but that was just a story I was telling myself. Now, this incident really drove me kind of insane. You know, I was working really hard, selling more phones than anybody else in that store. And yet I was overlooked for this position. So in my mind, I had to justify what came next. And what came next was a series of events that has changed my life for the better. In, in the moment, I had no idea. But um, being overlooked for that made me a disgruntled employee, and I took it upon myself to get payback. And so I, I lied, I cheated, I stole, I stole a lot. I stole from the very company that was so good to me, that gave me so much uh, money in sales and whatnot. And I, um, I actually ended up doing some jail time. Long story short, I spent 15 days in, in, the, in a state county jail. And um, it was the most remarkable, life-changing experience I've ever had. It set me on a path that I've not been able to go back from, and I'm so thankful for it. So basically, um, you know, I was, I was going to the university, uh, getting my technical sales degree, because I, even though I had this dream of becoming a filmmaker since I was a child, a young, young child, um, I was studying sales because for some reason, money was more important than my dream. And so I was studying technical sales, I was selling phones, selling treadmills, and then I went to jail. And in jail, I realized that life 
the life that I was on was not the path that was set out for me. And that's why it was going in such a wrong direction. You see, life is very simple once you're in tune. When you're doing the right things, when you're doing what is right for you, you will always go towards the right path. If you're doing things that are against your personal beliefs, against what your destiny is, you will undoubtedly end up in a dark, dark place as I did. Now, those 15 days in jail really changed my life. The first night, it was um, cold cement walls. It was this really dinky, like one inch, two inch uh, pad that I was sleeping on. I don't even think I had a pillow. I, I was sharing a, a room or, you know, my cell. My cellmate was this guy who was a career drug dealer. He told me these incredible stories about what a lavish life he lived, how many BMWs he had, a Mercedes. He was about to buy a Lamborghini. And right before he could buy that Lamborghini, the cops came knocking on his door, taking everything he had. And now he was my cellmate. But of course, that didn't stop him from dealing drugs. Even in jail, he sold me on the fact that he could get me any kind of substance I I wanted. And of course, you know, it, I didn't act on it, but I thought that it was uh it was kind of kind of interesting that this guy whose life choices led him into jail, um, he didn't change from it. He was still dealing in jail. But for me personally, I took that moment these 15 days to reflect on my life, to reflect on my life's choices, and to go back to who I was as a young boy when I was a little four or five-year-old kid stumbling into my uncle's editing room, seeing him editing a film. And back then, it sparked this desire in me to, you know, I didn't know what he was doing at the time, but whatever it was, it looked so cool. I wanted to embark on that journey. I wanted to do what my uncle did. Later on, around age seven or eight, I realized that he was a filmmaker and he traveled the world and he was around beautiful people all the time. And I thought that, that is the life for me. Fast forward to when I was 18 years old, that was not the lifestyle that I was on. I was just completely the opposite of who I wanted to be. So jail time made me realize that. I came out of jail and I was supposed to have three years of probation where I couldn't leave the state. I had to check in with a, with a parole officer, um, I don't know, two times a week. And basically I was just on lockdown. I had no life of my own for three years. But that was not going to be my life. I realized when I came out of jail that I have to go towards what I need to do. And what I need to do is become a filmmaker, create a voice, and communicate with people. So I contacted my attorney and I said, hey, you've got to get me in front of the judge. He was a cool judge. Um, I know I know that because I stood in front of him many times during trial. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a nice guy. He was very, uh, very understanding. So I realized that if I could get in front of this judge and I could communicate my passion and communicate what I've done wrong and that I've realized I've done it wrong, that perhaps he would give me another chance. And what I really wanted to do was I wanted to enroll in film school in Florida, which was, you know, uh, across on the other side of the United States based on where I was living. And, and I knew that that was a long shot because on my three years of probation, I could not leave the state. So I had to take this risk. I stood in front of the judge and I pled my case to him and I, and I asked him to please give me another chance. I want to change my life around. I want to go to film school and I want to become a better person. And miraculously, this judge, an incredible human being, uh, saw my passion and my truth and granted me um, to do it. He basically deleted, quote unquote, my three years of, of probation. Um, so I left, I left the courtroom that day, um, as a free person, I could do anything I wanted. I, I wanted to go to film school in Florida. I applied, I was accepted. And, you know, two or three months later, I flew to Florida and I enrolled in film school. Now that was the most defining moment of my life. Now I look back to my cellmate who 
got busted for for dealing drugs and that did not change his life. He was in jail still dealing drugs. And that made me realize that many of us have opportunities, have these moments in life that wake us up, that slap us in the face and say, hey, take this chance to realize where you are is not where you are supposed to be. That's the moment I had in jail and that is not the moment that my cellmate had. So that made me realize that we all have a choice no matter what. We have a choice to realize if we're on the right path or if we're on the wrong path and we have a choice to fix it and to re-navigate through where we're going. So I I took that choice and now I'm in Florida and I'm uh, I'm in film school and I'm still overweight and I'm in a relationship with somebody that um, it's a long distance relationship now. She's back in Utah. I'm in Florida. I'm realizing that there's all of these things anchoring me to a past life that is not the life I wanted to be in. So I picked up the phone. I... I broke up with my girlfriend. Now, some would say, hey, man, you got to break up with your girlfriend in person who does it over the phone. Well, I was 3,000 miles away, and it was pretty difficult to do it uh, in person. So I just had to do it right then and there. And and people say that the hardest choices in life have to be made in an instant. You cannot come up with a decision to do something and then just wait on it and wait on it and wait on it and see if uh, it'll come to fruition. No. When you make a choice that's going to change your life, you have to act on it right then and there. You got to become a radical and you got to make some significant changes. And so that is what I did. I broke up with my girlfriend and I realized that I was still overweight and I wasn't getting what I wanted from people. I wasn't getting attention. I wasn't getting love. I wasn't, um, you know, being significant, even though I had this voice and I, I believe I had this great raw talent. Nobody gave a damn because I was overweight. And when you're overweight, you are overlooked. So I have my brother to thank for this. My my whole life, he's always inspired me and, and tried to tell me to lose some weight. Sarab, you're too fat. You got to lose weight or you're going to die. You know, my brother didn't sugarcoat anything. He was just very straight up and he would tell you how it is. And, and for the longest time, I, I didn't give a crap and I kind of resented him or I just, you know, go into one ear and come out the other. But somewhere along the line in Florida, I actually asked him to come down and be my roommate as well. Um, somewhere along the line of Florida, he inspired me to wake up every morning at 7 a.m. and go hit the gym at our condo. We were renting this condo while I was in school. And um, and we did that. And we did that for 30 days. And, you know, my brother's always been an avid uh, fitness guru. He, we used to work at GNC. I don't know if they're still around general nutrition centers, but he was all about supplements and health and lifestyle. And he imparted his knowledge onto me. And in Florida, we took the initiative together. We were working out together in 30 days. I lost 27 pounds. It was the most significant change I had made in my life up until that point. And I realized that I have this significant, incredible, life-changing power to convince myself to do anything that I want. I could convince myself to steal 40 cell phones from T-Mobile, or I could convince myself to convince the judge to let me off my probation, or I could convince another human being to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in me or in one of my projects. I basically have this raw talent to convince anybody, including myself, of anything. And that is the most important thing that I've learned in life, is that I have the power to convince. And more than anything, the most powerful part of that is convincing myself. Anytime I've had changes happen is when I have talked to myself and talked myself into doing something that I didn't want to do. So today, here I am, you know, 20 years later, I've kept off the 70 pounds that I've lost. 
I'm still working on getting shredded. And that is the long-term goal that I don't think I'll ever stop working on that. I think until the day I die, I will be working on becoming lean and healthy and staying healthy. So now let's get to 2019. 2019 is coming. You've got a brief history on me. So what I'm about to say now hopefully has a little bit more credibility. You have a New Year's resolution. You may have multiple New Year's resolutions. And the only thing that's going to stop you from achieving these resolutions is the way you convince yourself, is the conversation you have with yourself. You have to be the greatest salesman to your subconscious. You have to sell yourself on the things that you don't know you want. Or maybe you know you want it, but you just don't know how to get it. You got to look in the mirror and act like you're the world's greatest salesman and sell yourself on what you need to do. So let's take the most common, uh, basic New Year's resolution. I want to lose weight. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. These are very common. And every day I go to the gym on January 1st, you know, it's filled with people. January 2nd, it's still filled with people. January 3rd, it gets a little bit less on, you know, the second week of January. Basically, all the, all the same people who have been there all throughout the year are still there, but the new ones are gone. So why do these New Year's resolutions fail? I've come to realize, and this is only on my own experience, the reason that your New Year's resolution fails is because I want to lose weight is not good enough. You know, you have to understand why you want to lose weight. For me, it was a selfish reason. For me, I wanted attention. I wanted to be looked at. I wanted women to like me, women to appreciate me. I mean, that was my my driving force when I when I was losing weight. I, I just wanted attention. I wanted to go on dates. I wanted to have girls. All very selfish things, very basic level things. But you know what? That why was so strong for me that I did it. I needed to be looked at. And so I did everything in my power to lose that weight so I could achieve that goal. And I did it. And for a long time, as I was losing weight, I mean, the results were remarkable. I Any girl that I was interested in, I could get them to be interested in me. Whereas before, when I was fat and overweight and obese, any girl I was interested in was not interested in me. I could not get them to pay attention to me, not even if I gave them a million dollars. Maybe with the wrong women, you could give them a million bucks and, and have them look at you. But with the right ones, the ones that I've always been interested in, I don't think they were that, that into money. Although maybe they were. Who knows? Everybody's into money, right? And so here's the other resolution people hit. I want to make more money. Well, how are you going to make more money? Do you just want to make more money? And why do you want to make money? Do you want to make money to help people? Do you want to make money to help yourself? Do you want to make money to change the world? Do you want to make money so you have limitless possibilities in life? You know, you have to define the why. And when the why is strong enough, then you can actually achieve it. Because once you have the why, you start to realize that it's not just a surface a statement. It's not just a band-aid on a, on a little problem. You're, you're defining the reasons as to why it must happen. That's the most important thing for New Year's resolutions. That's the most important things for life-changing resolutions. You got to figure out why you want to do it. So for me, when I first decided that I want to be a filmmaker, I didn't have a why. I basically wanted to be a filmmaker because 
my first experience into filmmaking was stumbling into my uncle's editing room when I was a young child and it was this off limits room and it was the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep and I creeped up into the doorway and my uncle was sitting there and there was this computer screen and it, there was this beautiful little soft glow from the, from the monitor. All the lights were off and my uncle's face was illuminated and sitting next to him was what I remember to be this gorgeous woman. And they both turned around and looked at me and they were just kind of backlit by the light of the monitor and it looked like the cinematic moments and I had no idea what my uncle was doing, but whatever it was, it's what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be sitting there with that woman. I didn't know why, you know, and, and until I defined the why, I didn't get the results of being a filmmaker. Now my why is I want to communicate with people. I want to give a great message to individuals and I want to change people's lives. I want to alleviate unhappiness because it's so easy to be unhappy and it's so easy to be happy. And because I know that, I want to communicate that with people and filmmaking is the best way for me to do that. It's the most, uh, most efficient way to reach millions of people. So, that's my why. That's why I'm successful at filmmaking. And of course, I'm not on the world stage yet. I'm not getting Oscars or Palma Doors like my uncle did. But that day is coming. I know it because in my DNA is a map that, will, that if I follow is going to lead me to where I need to go. It's going to lead me to where I'm supposed to be because in each one of us, there is that map in our DNA. We are all built with a purpose. And if you're not following your purpose, you're going to find yourself in dark places. You're going to find your place. You're going to find yourself in a somewhere in life that you're not supposed to be. And that's when you have to realize that you're not following that internal map. So for this episode, I want to thank you for listening. I want to bless your 2019. And I hope that you have taken a little something from this that can help you live your life the way you want. Thank you very much. See you next time.